Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire. With Jason McIntyre. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Friday, January 15th, a glorious weekend of football ahead of us. A great interview later in the podcast. Mike Sando from The Athletic. He is the man who has implemented the Tears Star quarterback system. It is caught on basically like bell bottoms did back in the day, like cargo pants. I know nobody still wears cargo pants other than me. Um, but tears is a thing, and Mike Sando is credited with that. He will join the podcast in a little bit, but first we got to get to some big news. No, it is not the endless supply of fat James Harden memes that are circulating. I posted one that I just could not stop laughing at on my Instagram stories. Kevin Durant is putting up, you know, help me find Kyrie Irving signs around the Brooklyn neighborhood. The lost, have you seen this person? 
and rolls up and, and James Harden, who is like, you know, 275 pounds, <laughs> rolls up and is like, yo, what up? It just is hilarious. Uh, I don't know if Rob G's laughing at those as much as I am. I find them funny, but that's not the big sports news of the day. The big news Thursday. What's the New York Jets got a new head coach? Robert Salah of the 49ers, the defensive coordinator. He's now with the Jets. We will get to Urban Meyer shortly, but the newer news was late Thursday night. Robert Salah. Remember, he was basically ticketed to go to the Detroit Lions. I think it was uh old buddy of mine, Pete Schrager. We're going to have to get him on the podcast. Um, he was talking up Salah to the Detroit Lions in like December. And the way he was mentioning it and other reporters backed that up, it felt like a done deal. So Salah went and interviewed in Detroit. Then he went to New York. Then he would like right after New York, he went down to Philly. And within a couple hours, boom, the Jets had him. And I'm like, huh? Maybe the Jets job is more attractive than the Eagles. I thought the Lions job was very attractive. Matt Patricia uh, out. Matt Stafford still there at quarterback. I thought that was a good gig, but again, you can never discount stuff. Who was it that dropped by the podcast, Rob G, who mentioned ownership was imperative? I think it was Eric Mangini. And, you know, Philly ownership looks awful. Giving Doug Peterson, hey, we're good. Things are good. You're on track to return. And then week 17 happens. You tank to help the team. And then they fire you. Like, that's a bad look for the owner, the GM. Uh, Michael Lombardi, who I've tried to get on the podcast, we were friendly, um, and he's just like giving me the stiff arm repeatedly. I know Mike Lombardi's big time and everything, um, but uh, we had some fun times on TV, and he's come on my radio show before, but he savaged, I'm talking, just picked apart the Eagles in a piece, an absolute evisceration of the GM and ownership. And I guess Robert Salah, the handsome, tough leader of men, from the 49ers, he will come to New York, and word is he's going to bring Mike LaFleur, the passing game coordinator and younger brother of Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach. Uh, they're both going to come as, I guess, a package deal to the Jets. And I do like that because you guys know how the NFL works right now. It's an offensive league. Most of the young best coaches are offensive guys. And if you get a hot offensive coordinator and he's tearing it up one year, two years, He's going to get a head coaching job. So that's the only difficult getting Robert Salah is that his OC, if he does his job and is kicking butt, he's going to be gone in two years to, to get a head coaching job. So that's why I wanted an offensive guy. I can't complain. 49ers defense, despite all the injuries, was great. We talked about it. I forget who it was earlier this week. But a bet on team next year is going to be the Niners. Um, they ended up, I think there was one team that didn't make the playoffs in the top 12 of the football outsiders, and it was the 49ers. Uh, their numbers were great despite losing Nick Bosa and basically everyone else of consequence. Um, so a big hire for the Jets. Listen, obviously I'm a Jets fan. Rob G was uh, talking to me about bringing on a, a another big Jets fan as a guest coming up, um, and, and it might happen. But yes, Urban Meyer to the Jacksonville Jaguars is bigger news. And I'm going to say this right now. Um, Steve Spurrier was a great college football coach. And he didn't really make any waves in the NFL. Nick Saban, probably the greatest college football coach of all time. No such luck in the NFL. If Urban Meyer 
is able to win in Jacksonville. And, you know, he's going to have Trevor Lawrence, so he's got a massive head start. He's going to go into that upper crust of winning a title in college and winning in the NFL. And when we get into these fun discussions, who's better, LeBron or Jordan? Who's the best quarterback of all time? Who's the best coach of all time? I'm telling you, if Urban wins an NFL Super Bowl with Trevor Lawrence, Urban's going to be in that discussion. I know that Belichick has the big, 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 huge lead. No doubt. Probably uncatchable. But when you look at winning in college and winning in the NFL, only one coach has done that. Pete Carroll. I mean, it's an underrated aspect of Carroll's legacy, right? Wins the title at USC, goes to the NFL, wins in Seattle with Russell Wilson, who was a third-round pick. Like, listen, Pete Carroll's definitely got to be on the short list of greatest football coaches of all time. People aren't going to want to give him the props. He should have two Super Bowls, right? If not for that awful pass call inside the five-yard line at the end of the game. But we won't revisit that. I think Urban's going to have a real opportunity to have some good fortunes early. First of all, the division, yes, it had two playoff teams this past year, but neither is a lock to return. Colts quarterback uncertainty, okay? Derrick Henry, and and I'm going to mention this again, 370 is one of the key numbers this offseason. Derrick Henry had 370 carries. That is the line where the stat guys have looked at, and if a running back has over 370 carries, I think like 95% of the time he is awful the next year or gets injured. That's what Derrick Henry had this past season. And if you remember, he had 370 in the regular season finale. And what happened in the playoff game? Guy was running like he had a piano on his back. I think he had 40 yards rushing. And I'm just telling you, the numbers guys are going to be terrified of Derrick Henry. By the way, the Titans defense stinks. That's not a playoff team next year. And then the other team in the division is the Texans, who have a star quarterback and nothing else. There's going to be a chance for Urban Meyer to win pretty damn quickly in Jacksonville. I'm talking he could get to the playoffs in two years. Remember, Andrew Luck got to the playoffs his first three years as a Colts player. There are quarterbacks that can elevate the play of everyone around them. And I believe Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys. They already have a couple really nice pieces in place. LaVisca Chenault had a very good rookie year. The kid Robinson, undrafted rookie, went over 1,000 yards, looks like a keeper. Um, you know, I'm not going to get too excited about Keelan Cole. Uh, he, he was a solid number three receiver. Uh, DJ Shark is a promising two. Uh, I don't know if he's a number one. Um, but Jacksonville has the extra draft picks. You get Trevor Lawrence. You go out and get I don't somebody. In the second round at receiver, maybe you get a tackle. And then I think every other pick has to be defense. You spend the salary cap money on defense. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'll I'll put it down right now. You guys can tag old takes exposed on this one. Jacksonville, in two years, will be in the NFL playoffs. That's where Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are headed. I'm extremely bullish on them. Now, somebody who is not nearly as bullish, that's Rob G., yeah, that that would be an understatement to say that I'm not bullish on the Urban Meyer hire. And and it's not that I don't think he's a good coach. I think he is a fantastic coach for the college game. I do not trust him in any way shape or form in the NFL. What made him successful at Florida and Ohio State specifically was his ability to recruit. I don't know if you know this, but during his last 12 recruiting cycles, <sighs> 
he had 35 five-star players, which means 7% of every single five-star recruit went to Urban Meyer. Now, that might have seemed like a lot, but in the grand schemes of, of football recruiting, that's a huge number. And, you know, the spread offense he ran at Utah is no longer innovative. So I don't know. You can take that out of, out of there. And so if you're just going to say, well, what makes Urban Meyer a great coach? He's a fantastic recruiter, which was not going to matter in the NFL because there's a salary cap. And he doesn't get to just pick the best players. And he's a very strong attention to detail, micromanaging kind of guy which is awesome in college, what made him very successful. And it's also what led to him retiring three separate times because he got so stressed out and almost gave himself a heart attack. The Jacksonville Jaguars have lost almost as many games, actually more games in that span than Ohio State and Florida did combined. So I'm not high on the Urban Meyer hire. I think that he's fantastic for college and the NFL. Everything that makes him great is not going to translate. As crazy as it sounds, and again, you put on old takes exposed as well. I don't think anyone cares what I think on old takes exposed, but they would have been better off hiring Jim Harbaugh than they would have mm. been with Urban Meyer. That's what I would say. So I guess my counter to that would be um, the spotlight was on him at, at Florida and that they were out to get him once some of this news of players getting arrested, once that started to snowball, they went after Urban Meyer. Remember, he kept the media at bay. He had kind of a prickly relationship with the media um, in the SEC, and then they went after him when Aaron Hernandez and a bunch of other players got arrested and in trouble. Um, Urban did work at Fox for, I guess, the last year. I will be completely honest, did not speak to him once. Um, he, you know, I want to say he's a leader of men, but I'm sure a lot of people out there would say, what do you mean? Look at all these kids getting in trouble. Um, During six years at Florida, 31 players arrested at least. 10 accused of crimes ranging from misdemeanor battery to felony domestic assault. So, I, I, I mean, listen, if you want to be an optimist, and my wife was honestly voted the class optimist in her high school, so some of that is rubbing off on me. You guys know I'm a pessimist, uh, given listening to the podcast for five months and being a Jets fan. Um, I think part of me, and again, I have not spoken to Urban Meyer about this, he wants to clean up that image because some of it carried over to Ohio State. There was that assistant coach and he turned it, that assistant coach really screwed up badly. He's an idiot. Um, and I think Urban wants to, um, he doesn't want his coaching career to end on that note. And now you get to go to the NFL and have the best quarterback prospect in I don't, over a decade. I mean, that's going to make life kind of easy. You can worry about everything else when you know you don't have to worry about your quarterback. Your quarterback's not going to keep you up at night. There's stories of college football coaches, and they can't sleep at night because they don't know if their star players are going to be getting in trouble in and around campus, okay? I don't know that that's going to be an issue for Urban Meyer and Jacksonville. And let's remind everybody, Rob, Jacksonville has been joked about as like the London franchise. There's not a major media presence around Jacksonville, you know? This isn't the New York Jets. Uh, this isn't a major market team. Jacksonville has flown under the radar forever. Um, I think Urban will find success there. Uh, let's see who his offensive coordinator is. There was some speculation about a name. I'm not going to put it out there because it wasn't an impressive name. Um, we don't know who he's going to get on defense. But that division, I mean, Rob, you would agree. In the last decade, it has been, since Peyton Manning left, probably one of the weakest in the NFL. 
Jacksonville did get to an AFC title game. Houston has had some playoff appearances. Tennessee got to an AFC title game, but none of these teams were great. And the other thing is uncertainty at quarterback for the Colts going forward. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, we'll see. Like, he's been really good for a year and a half. Okay, can he continue that? And I love Deshaun Watson, but Texans have a bottom five roster in the league. So uh, uh, Rob G. and I split on this one on Urban Meyer's success. Rob G., do you have any deep thoughts on Robert Sala? Yeah, I actually kind of agree with you in the sense that I don't think that he is being set up the best way to succeed. Not because of the Jets franchise or anything like that, but because he's a defensive coach. And um, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, tweeted this out early, early Thursday before it was even, you know, known that Salah was a front runner or was going to get the job. Mike Zimmer has already had five different offensive coordinators in Minnesota, and their offense has never been, you know, great. Mike Vrabel, because we assume that his offensive coordinator is going to leave this offseason, is about to have his second or lose his second in only three years. So... The problem in the NFL, you brought it up, is that everybody wants the next hot shot offensive guy. So either whoever he, the, the floor guy that he's, that Salah's hiring, I forget his first name, he's Mike, either, yeah. yep, he's either going to flame out and Robert Salah's going to get fired because the team's going to suck, or he's going to do fantastically and in two years he's going to need another offensive coordinator. And that much changeover is never good for anybody. Like, you know, especially if you have a young quarterback, you, the, the thing that, has made a lot of guys set up to succeed and a lot of guys set up to fail. Alex Smith being, I think, one of the biggest examples is when you have that much changeover at the offensive coordinator with a young quarterback, he's never going to become anything special. You, yeah. At best, you might get a Kirk Cousins type. And um, that that's the drawback to hiring a defensive coach. And so that's my only concern about it is that he's kind of in, stuck between a rock and hard place with that offensive coordinator. Either he's going to do bad and he's going to get fi- fired or he's going to do great and he's going to be stuck in this you know, revolving door of OCs. Yeah. I, I don't like it. And, and I guess final note before we get to Mike Sando, and of course the best bet playoff divisional picks will be at the end of the podcast. Um, you know, Rob G, we, we've been talking about Sam Darnold landing spots and Kyle Shanahan's offense has made a lot of sense. Um, the Jets just hired to be their OC, Kyle Shanahan's passing game coordinator. You know, is he going to look around and say, why do I want a rookie? We got Sam Darnold. Let's coach him up. And that'll be Sam Darnold's third different offense, you know? And let's say you you do that. I'm not a fan of that because you got to pay Darnold. In two years, if Lafleur is killing it, he's going to get a head coaching job. And then you got to bring in a new guy to be the offensive coordinator. Like, I I have some concerns. But again, I'm a Jets fan, so obviously I'm concerned about stuff. Um, All right, so that is the big sports news from Thursday night. Let's get now to Mike Sando of The Athletic. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy who, listen, I'm not hyping him up too much, but he basically has revolutionized the way we grade quarterbacks, his Tears system has been copied in the NBA, uh, college football, NHL, like everywhere. Mike Sando from The Athletic. Mike, how are you, man? I am doing well. Thank you for that flattering introduction. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to oversell you, but um, <laughs> I, I mean, I got to say, like, you know, when you read around, this Tears thing has really caught on. I, I'll just start there. What gave you the idea to rank it in Tears? Well, I think my mind has kind of worked that way in trying to make sense of usually a lot of information, right? Where we got a lot of teams or we have a lot of players and we're, we're trying to uh, make sense of them all. And so instead of ranking one to 32, I mean, that's sort of hard to do. You kind of put people in categories and me talking to people in the league, really trying to learn um, what differentiates the quarterbacks, you know? And I think the tier system really works because, uh it's basically a degree of how much help you need from what's around you. Okay. That's really what it is. So if you're in tier one, uh, you obviously need some good teammates, but you need less help. Right. And if you go, the lower you get down in the tiers, it just makes sense that in the, in the third tier, you could win with, let's just say Andy Dalton, when he was playing, you can win with Andy Dalton. They did, but they had a really good offensive line. They had really good weaponry. They had a top half of the league defense. And as those things stripped away, 
um, it was easier to see the difference between him and the top quarterbacks. When all those things were there, his numbers looked like the top quarterbacks. But I think, you know, people in the league knew um, what he was and that he needed that help. And so I think the tears help us conceptualize that. And so it wasn't like I just one day had the tears. If you go back and read my initial ones when I was at ESPN, we sort of developed it. The first quarterback tiers of 2014 wasn't as rigidly defined. We didn't have as clear definitions for what each tier was. And that's the part that sort of developed over time and gotten to be pretty specific. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, when you look at this weekend's NFL games and you put the quarterbacks into tiers, it gets real interesting. We'll get to those games in a minute, but uh, as we record this Thursday, the big news is that Urban Meyer has agreed to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they have the number one pick. It will probably be Trevor Lawrence. I can't imagine a scenario, um, you know, where it's not. But I did notice on your quarterback tiers, it's tough for rookies to crack that list. I mean, I know it's early. I don't expect that you've done massive amounts of homework on Trevor Lawrence, but this is a guy who we've known about for several years. Just off the top of your head, what with Urban Meyer as his coach, given what Urban Meyer's done to Tim Tebow at Florida, Alex Smith before that, um, any idea where Trevor Lawrence could debut when you put out yes. the tiers list this summer? Yes. So in the last few years I stopped putting rookies in the poll like before they played so I waited till their first year because what happens like in the tiers I'm talking to 50 people right well shoot 25 of them didn't look at the rookies hard this year you know what I mean they they need the year to see them so I took that out but I think we've seen like I think uh, Kyler Murray maybe Baker Mayfield after his rookie year they were coming in at like the top of the third tier, even threatening the bottom of the second tier early. So I would think given the excitement for Lawrence, which seems to be on par almost, almost Andrew Luckish. I mean, it seems yeah. different. It's different than like when Goff and Wentz came out, people were like, Hey, I, you, know, you need a quarterback, but you'd have a lot of people say really just from an, a, the total package standpoint, we should probably be taking these guys at the top of the second round. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what people felt. People aren't saying that about Lawrence. They're saying, hey, you hear generational or these types of things. And that may be overselling it, but I think you'd want him to be, uh, you know, threatening that second tier early. Right uh, away. All right. One more before we get to the playoff games. Since we're talking third tier, um, I don't even know if he cracks it third. Uh, as a Jets fan, I have to ask about Sam Darnold. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it been a little unfair to him given that he's had a couple coaches already and it's not like he's got skill position players around him that are, um, you would even say, average around the league. Um, how tough of a, of a grade is Sam Darnold at this juncture in his career? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a little tough, but uh, for those reasons you talked about, you know, I think there was actually probably too much focus on Adam Gase, the coaching. They don't have any players. Yeah, You know, I mean, that's where you start. I did a thing before this season, looking at the support that uh, each quarterback has had over the last four years. It was 2016 to 19. There was one team in the league that had zero starts on offense, uh, take away the quarterback position, by someone who made the Pro Bowl. There was one team. It was the Jets. (laughs) The Steelers and the Cowboys, 200 and some starts on offense over a four-year period by guys who were good enough to at least be in that conversation to be named to a Pro Bowl, like named to it, not not on a replacement, but named to it. Um, that's where you start. So I think he always is going to have a little bit of the issue of he seems more comfortable when 
he gets off schedule. And so like he, he's an instinctive player, but he's a little bit of a risk taker. It probably takes some really elite coaching to get that out of you. We've seen that maybe with, with uh, uh, Buffalo, um, Josh Allen, right? We've seen improvement there. Can you bank on that? Can you pass on somebody who's 25% better in the draft to hold out hope for that? I mean, that's a tough internal discussion that they have to have. I don't know how you could put him above low tier three, which is where he was at, which is kind of like, hey, um, you can be a starter in the league, but you need a lot of help around you. I think I think that's where you would start with this, that he's a third-tier quarterback with maybe the ceiling of a two. All right, let's get to this weekend's games, Mike. You wrote about Aaron Rodgers this week, and I was reading it. Crazy. This is the kind of stat that you'll unearth that I don't see anywhere else. Last year, the Packers dropped 69 passes and 15 touchdowns, or I guess the technically the word is missed. Right. Missed opportunities. Uh, it's not a, all a blatant drop. You know, right, two right. hands goes through and hits you in the face mask. That's not what we're talking. We're talking about <laughs> you're running down the sideline and the ball's there to get. But during your route, we could see that you slowed up during the route because you didn't think it was coming to you. And this is me watching it sometimes with coaches. Uh, I'll watch the watch the video with coaches sometimes. And then he doesn't quite get there to it. And you're going, hey, that's a that's a that's a catch a pro receiver makes. Not every time. Right. But off the charts, yes, it was off the charts last year. And what got me going on that was in my quarterback tiers poll, all the guys are saying Rodgers is tier one. But as we look at the stats, they're not tier one stats anymore. Right. There's a drop. So what we did is we decided let's watch all of his incomplete passes. (laughs) His incomplete passes last year are better than other guys' completed passes. Unbelievable. Chicago early in the year, he's running from midfield, sprinting to his right, way out, like outside the numbers almost, spins it across his body to Jimmy Graham at the five-yard line on the other hash, goes, hits him in the shoulder pad. You know, that type of stuff is what Rodgers did, you know, and this year, there's two things going on. Number one, so much is just in the structure of the offense. He's not having to run around and do that. If you notice that, he's not making as many spectacular plays. He's not making as many spectacular throws running all over the place because the offense is working. And then two, Adams is playing amazing. Mm-hmm. Even he's he's even better. And then the last 10, 12 games, they've had way fewer of those just obvious open would have gained 30 yarders. So it's been good to see for them. Uh, so, okay, reading your piece, and I got to ask, Mike, like if Aaron Rodgers was so great last year, the coaches could see it. Um, the receivers and running backs and tight ends dropped a lot or missed a lot. Why would they draft a quarterback in the first round? It, like it, the disconnect there is even more startling reading your piece. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they may have thought uh, that they were confident in developing who they had at receiver uh, and that they didn't see somebody in that spot um, who would be worthy of the picket receiver. If you go back and look at who's available at the receiver position, and what they've done this year, there's actually not a ton of, there's not a million guys who are, uh, who have 55 catches for a thousand yards. There's not. So that can be part of it. I think also they are very confident in Matt LaFleur's system. Um, That they probably think that love could do fine in a few years and that they liked him and they were convicted on that. And so when you look at Brian Gutenkust, Gutenkust, 
he comes from Ron Wolf, and they've had a philosophy of doing that. I mean, I still think that they could fall short this year because of the receivers, because mm-hmm. they didn't do more at that position, because when when their offense is working and they're balanced, they're impossible to defend and guys are open and Rodgers just finds them. When they play a team like the, when they played Tampa and there's a, or like the 49ers even last year when they could really pressure or they could take, make you one dimensional, take away the run game. Who's winning for them besides yeah. Devonta Adams? Devonta Adams will win. Will win. But maybe you play a team that doubles him or has Jalen Ramsey or whatever. Who else on their team can win outside the offense? I, 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 I think, think that's a, a great fair point. question. And, for, and Mike, let me let me follow up with that. Like, this is a Packers team that played the 31st strength of schedule in the league. Uh, you look up and down the road, like, what did they do against good teams? Like, they, they haven't played a lot of teams with winning records. They, they got smashed by Tampa. Like, I, I almost think the Packers are a little overrated here. I just can't get over the Rams' injuries, um, Mike. Yeah, the Rams, hear- I don't know if they can score enough, you know. To keep to yeah. take him out. You know, what do you think? Go ahead, finish your thought. I was. I, I just, you know, Aaron Donald's not practicing this week, but McVay says, "Oh yeah, he's gonna play." Cooper Cup yeah. banged up yeah. knee. You know, I don't yeah. trust Jared Goff. Uh, by the way, where is he on your quarterback tiers? Yeah, you know, Jared Goff sort of has settled into that third tier. You know, oh. some of the, somewhat. You know, it, it's it's potentially unfair, but I think that perception of, Hey, he was absolute garbage. And then Sean McVay showed up and is telling him what the play is on the play until 15 seconds on the play clock. And then when the run game is or isn't there, it really affects how he looks. Right. We don't see this. We see him make some great throws. We don't see him consistently elevate them. Right. We see him look good when it's looking good, but not necessarily be able to pull them out of it when it's not. And so that's classic tier three, but he probably throws the ball better than, than that at his best. He does make some really good throws. Um, All right, let's go to what I think is probably the biggest gap in quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, best quarterback in the league. I know Rodgers will probably win the MVP going up against Baker Mayfield. Big spread on this one of 10. But, uh, Mike, I'll start here. We have seen teams have sit their starters in Week 17, have a bye, and then come out flat. We've seen that, and we've seen Kansas City for two months kind of sleepwalk through games, coming off the Super Bowl. Can Baker Mayfield make this game interesting? Well, I don't want to see him in a pure drop-back situation where they're down by 20 points, but I don't want to see a lot of guys like that. You know what I mean? I I also, if I could pick one team to be coming off of a bye, it's an Andy Reid team, right? That was always a story for years. Like, hey, Andy Reid's record after the bye. So I think in this season, um, when – I think the season's been a real grind for uh, more than we can see because of the, I just, I've talked to people on teams, not necessarily players, but who were like, Hey, if we don't make the playoffs, there's a, there's, or when our season's done, there's a bigger relief than normal because (laughs) it's daily testing. You didn't even get a bye week You keep going to the facility and you're not the, the, the parts of the game that are fun. Um, having beers at a film session with the guy at, at the left tackle's house on Thursday or hanging out in the locker room and playing cards or just screwing around and, and throwing <laughs> wads of tape at each other. You know what I mean? And setting yeah. a prank with somebody, um, telling, having the rookies show up at the supermarket for the fake promotion, you know, that, that while it's all on camera, you know, those are the things that guys miss when they, when it's over. Those aren't happening this year. And I think there's a grind to the season that maybe, you know, maybe getting a little bit of a break before the playoffs uh, isn't such a bad thing. Um, 
I do have a note for you, though. I, I was just looking at this. This is counterintuitive. Most games this season with 40 or more points scored, okay? Tennessee, five. Cleveland, four. Tampa, four. Green Bay, four. Buffalo, three. Kansas City's got one. Huh. So we really think of this uh, as being a game where, hey, look, they're not going to be able to keep up with Mahomes. You can't be get into a shootout. If there's too many points scored, um, that really favors Kansas City. But they, Cleveland's put up 40-plus on uh, Baltimore. You know, they've yeah. put up points on Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. You know what I mean? On Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that interests me a little bit. Um, I was just looking now. So they're four. So the Browns are four and three this year against top 10 defenses. That's top 10 EPA expected points added. They averaged, okay. uh, they don't, yeah, they only averaged 24 points a game on those teams. But they're still pretty good against, against really good defenses. And Kansas yeah. City's not one of those defenses. So, um, I do. That, I mean, I, there's no way to quantify it. And you're a big numbers guy, clearly, Mike. But this idea of the Super Bowl hangover, I know it's a silly narrative, but just yeah. the the desire, the quest yep. to win, when you just watch them, I don't want to say it looks like they're going through the motions, but it feels like a team that just feels like, all right, we got to turn it on. Let's go. I and, agree and with you. I, you know, that's an eye test thing, right? It is. I believe that's just human nature. When you when you win the lottery, it's hard to go to work at 6 a.m. every day. You know what I mean? When you're yeah. worried about not getting your contract renewed or not having a job or losing it to the guy, the, the guy in the office who's kind of the up and comer, you get there at 530 every day. Yeah. And I think it's just hard to fake hunger. Right. You're either hungry or you're not. And once you've eaten, you're not as hungry. Once you've gotten paid, you know, it takes a special person to keep driving and i think there's a lot of special people in kansas city andy reed grinds he's in that office all the time i think these guys work at it but it's hard to it's hard to fake hunger and uh, i think they've actually yeah. done a good job winning these winning some of these games they've been closer yeah you know but i'm anxious to see does that is that indicative of something in a negative way or now when your backs are really against the wall you turn it up that said they were down 24 nothing to houston in the playoffs last yeah year. So Last year was the year they were down double digits six times and went five and one. I don't think they've had that as much this year. Have they right. been? I don't think they've been down as much. They just haven't been pulling away by three scores. It feels like. And, and that's this is tough to quantify, but you you look at Tom Brady and for whatever reason it feels like he's the guy six rings, but he's still hungry. Oh man, um, yeah. He already won the breakup with Belichick. You know, he made the playoffs, won a game, but I don't know, Mike. I I. I kind of feel strongly about New Orleans in this spot. Yes. I was actually thinking about this last night because I feel tempted to pick Tampa Bay. I've just been tempted. Like I've wanted to, but I think it's, I think we're, if we do that, we're sort of sleeping on the saints defense and their front and their ability uh, to, and their secondary really for that matter. I mean, I think they've been a good defense and what I'm looking for in this game is, evidence that Bruce Arians can move the needle coaching wise. Okay. Mm. I feel like they've done an okay job of, of getting Brady going and he obviously had 40 touchdowns, but it was a little bit of a struggle. I felt like they should have in the off season signed more of a receiving back and given him a little bit more of what helped him have quick answers to pressure and that type of stuff. Cause he can't move. Um, they've gained momentum here, but 
they're own two against the saints and they got smoked the last time. Yeah. And where, you know, I think Sean Payton does it. Sean Payton's done a great job of, Hey, winning with Taysom Hill, winning with a diminished breeze, finding different ways to do it. Can Arians have a move on the chessboard to give his team an edge against a really well-oiled machine in new Orleans that's been doing it for a long time. It's kind of what I want to see, right? Not just that yeah. Brady had a great game or whatever. You you could probably argue that, and this is not a slight to Bruce Arians. He's got Super Bowl rings, you know, as an assistant. He's the weakest head coach left of the eight teams. Is that mean? I mean, you're laughing. Uh, well, here's why I'm laughing because I when when we before 20 minutes before we started, I uh, texted your producer and I was like, hey, just hit me some topics. He's like, one of them was like best and worst coaches left. I'm like, great. This is going to be a tweet. Sando, worst yeah. coach remaining is. <laughs> and But what I was really struck by and looking at it is like, there's there's not crap coaches left. Yeah, you know, no, yeah. You know definitely. what I mean? You look at this, it's like, You'd say, okay, well, Stefanski's only done it for one year, but but he's done a he's the coach of the year, maybe. Right, and he was amazing <laughs> um, with Minnesota last year. Yeah, yeah, but so you know, Andy Reid is probably the quote unquote best coach left, right? right? I mean, he's one, you know, but Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh has done it for a long time. Yeah, uh, uh, Sean, no, Sean Payton might be the best. We can make Sean I mean, Payton. Look, yeah, yeah. We are we have a lineup of guys who are between seven feet tall and seven one, and we're ranking them by height. You know what I mean? We're right, like, hey, right, right. the shortest guy here is seven feet tall. I mean, these guys are uh, really doing well. So, would you say it's Bruce Arians? Well, I mean, I th- so I guess when I, I, I I'm thinking too much about last week's games, but some of the yeah. decisions made by Vrabel were atrocious. Mike Tomlin just head scratching stuff. Um, I don't think much of Nagy, but I'm not going to blast him. Um, I just wonder what Arians will do in a big game against an elite defense because, I mean, Mike, I looked at the teams that finished 500 or better. So Tampa Bay lost to the Saints in the opener. We can, we pass on that, whatever. Um, they lost to the Saints again. They lost to the Rams in a game they were beaten from beginning to end. If you remember, Sunday, I think it was Monday Night Football, maybe Sunday night. And then the Chiefs game. Uh, I... I I just I don't know if I buy this team. Yeah. So here's the here's the filter that I would look at this through. Who of these coaches has shown an ability to elevate somebody to a level that they hadn't been before? So you go like, hey, McVay. I just got the games here. McVay did that with Goff, right? Goff was, did not look good, right? Um, even even Lafleur, right? You can read Sando's piece and say his receivers were the issue, but look, they look better. Look at their record in two years with Lafleur compared to the last couple with McCarthy, right? You could say that Lafleur, Rogers is playing as good as ever with Lafleur. That's defensive. Indeed. Um, you would say with Harbaugh, he's he's done it with Flacco. He's done it with Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson, really, Bill Pullian said he wouldn't be a quarterback because <laughs> we laugh, but he said because yeah. he thought that people would try to put him in a traditional offense. And if he was in a traditional offense, he wouldn't look good. He wouldn't look as good. Yeah. But what has Harbaugh done? He, he created the perfect environment for him to be amazing be an mvp yeah. uh you would say with the bills they've developed josh allen they've had a plan you would say with the browns they've gotten the playoffs for the first time you know in forever you'd say with kansas city he look he made alex smith they went with alex smith you know what i mean they've taken a guy who people didn't think was going to go in the top who wasn't a top 10 quarterback mahomes was not in the top 10 yeah right? he, was, he was 10th was he 10th yeah, he 10th. wasn't he wasn't higher than that and they made he's the mvp within two years <laughs> Sean Payton, we said he's done it with multiple guys. 
So, okay, Bruce Arian has done it with Carson Palmer. He's done it with a little bit with Luck. He's done it a little bit with Roethlisberger. He's done it. But those were all really good guys. You know, those were all guys who were number one picks or they've been to Pro Bowls with other people. Brady was obviously good. Yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? So that may be the the thing that I'm saying I want to see. I don't know that this is a great matchup for them, but at any rate, uh, let's wrap up on the final game, Mike. Uh, Ravens and Bills. This is, I mean, I, I like this game. It was the first game I bet this week. It does feel like everybody's split on this. Um, you know, some people still like the hot, hot Buffalo Bills who were on fire recently, um, although they didn't look great against the Colts. I just keep coming back to what beats the Bills or what can beat the Bills is everything the Colts did, run the football, tight ends in the middle of the field, get pressure with four, drop back in the secondary, like, Ravens have everything. It feels like they have every piece to win this game. Yeah, I was what leaning I that way. It was funny, I was leaning that way. I think I was listening to, uh, I think I was listening to Richard Sherman on Chris Collinsworth's podcast about this, and he, and he sort of convinced me that, um, and I wrote about this last week. So, big win, Lamar Jackson wins in the playoffs. They allowed 13 points. Yeah. So, how, they scored 20. This amazing game by the Bills, they scored 20 points uh, against Tennessee, which is a bottom five defense. So That's fair, yeah. So I think when I look at Buffalo, they're one of the, they've been one of the best teams against good defenses, okay? They have put up – I've got it in front of me here. I mean, there's – so against top 10 EPA defenses, they're 6-0 and averaging 35 points a game. Okay. Wow. They beat Miami 31-28, 56-26. They beat the Rams 35-32. They beat the 49ers 34-24. Pittsburgh 26-15. Indy even a good defense 27-24 wasn't their best day. But that's a history of never not putting up points against good defenses. Where's the Ravens on the EPA defense list? Fourth. Oh boy. So um, now the Ravens have other ways they can control you and beat you up. I like, I like their chances. I mean, I, I, the case you're making is logical. Like that could totally happen, but Buffalo's just scored a lot of points. Now, a couple teams did hold them down. I think they got, they got, they've gotten held down a couple of times. Yeah. Patriots um, held them to 24. I, I look back also at the running quarterbacks. Kyler Murray gave them fits in the desert. I think he had yeah. 64 yards. Uh, 11 Cam carries, Newton. 62 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. Yeah. And um, Cam Newton in that rain game where the Patriots really uh, were driving in to score and then they fumbled inside the 15, but Cam had something like 59 yards and a couple touchdowns. Yes. I think Lamar can have some success on the ground against his run defense. Yeah, I actually had that broken out too. So Cam had nine for 54 and a touchdown in one mm-hmm. meeting, four, 24 and one in another. Um, so that is, I mean, that is a legitimate issue you know potential concern i do think in the playoffs um you get teams best game plans you know one of the concerns i had from tennessee was they didn't have dean Pease anymore that was mm. a little bit of a concern for me so i look at mcdermott um he's hired as a defensive coach this yeah. is his this is his moment to have a plan for a great player in lamar jackson but somebody who can be solved he has a flaw, right? They have a flaw offensively that when you, you know, make him play left-handed or, or whatever, it's hard um, for them. This is where Sean McDermott has to make that be 
an issue. So you look at them, what, what do they have on defense? They have two good safeties. Yep. And they have a number one corner. Those are the things they have. You don't have to have an amazing pass rush on Lamar. You have to have a plan with the rush lanes and all that. It's a concern. But that this is where McDermott has to earn his money with the safeties, with the number one corner, with enough on defense. They've been better defensively the second half. With enough on defense to have a plan to at least mitigate a somewhat one-dimensional player. By one-dimensional, it doesn't mean that Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. It means that it's all predicated on the run. Yeah. When that run is there. Were you surprised, Mike, that the uh, Colts had eight plays of 20 or more yards? Uh, The Bills had eight plays of 20 or more yards. I'm sorry, the Colts had eight plays of 20 or more yards against the Bills. And uh, they rushed for like a buck 75. Yeah, they really came out right away and just ran it down their throats. So, um, I look, I'm there's a reason I'm well, there's two reasons I'm not betting a lot of money in the game. One, I would probably be fired for betting on the league if <laughs> I was covering it. And, and two, it's really hard to beat the, those guys. Yeah, Anyone who the thinks market. they can beat the spread over time, you, you might do it for a year, you might do it for two years. There's a reason people sell gambling advice instead of just betting, betting themselves. It's because <laughs> it's really hard to do. And then, um, you know. Um, I mean, it, you don't have to pick against half? spread. Is it two and a half? It's two and a half. It was three. It actually opened three and a half and then came down to three, then two. and a, So there is some, you know, considerable money coming in on the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. Third I may straight just, road game. I may just not overthink it and just uh, lean towards Buffalo. But I'd be worried about it for the reasons you talked about. I, I do think yeah. that Baltimore's really good, and I think that they could beat him. And Josh Allen scares me sometimes, too. As good as he is, that fumble late in the game. Yeah. He plays hero ball still sometimes. And it's wonderful when he finds the guy at the last second in the end zone for the flip pass and he's wide open to tight end. That was amazing. But on first and 10 from the plus 34, up by three points with 350 left in the game, Yeah, you take a 17-yard sack and fumble for six more yards. You do that on Baltimore, you'll lose the game. Yeah. And All right. Peters is a pick sixer. I mean, you can talk yourself either way. Yeah, I'll bury this at the end so the Bills Mafia guys don't come after me. But if Josh Allen opens in Tier 1 next year for you and Brian Dable leaves, I wonder how much of a fall Allen will have next year. Because we've seen Carson Wentz with Frank Reich. And I don't know how much Frank Reich was involved in play calling. There's some dispute over that. We've seen Wentz not really be the same guy since that MVP year when Reich was there. And I just wonder if Dayball departs and he's expected to go, um, will we see Josh Allen maybe fall back a little bit? Oh, you sure could. I I, th- I would imagine he'll come in in the second tier. This second year. tier. I, I think that because because like last year uh, Lamar was second tier, even though he's MVP. People right. were like, "Hey, I want to see him do it again." I think that I think it was wonderful for him, but there's a reason they didn't advance in the playoffs, and he they've got to do a better job developing their pass game before. I put them all the way up in tier one with the guys who traditionally can throw you back into a game. You're behind. Yeah. That's what we're tier- You strip everything away. The essence of the game for the quarterback at the end is we have to put it on your shoulders and there's not a play action running game. There's not all that stuff because we have to win right now. You know, when we're down in the Super Bowl, but to the top defense, like Kansas city was by two yeah. touchdowns, we can win the game. Our guy on third and 15 might make the throw of the year. He's going to lead us down. And to do that, you know, People need to see more than one good year of it. So yeah. I think he'll be high tier two. Um, and you're right. Then we'll see. Like it was with Lamar this year, the first half of the year, it was like, hey, what's going on here, right? 
people get a plan for you, that type of stuff. Yeah. So he's Mike Sando, the athletic. Uh, when you th- watch quarterbacks this weekend, you'll think, oh, that's a tier one. Ah, that's a tier two. You know, uh, Mike, <laughs> congratulations on all your success. Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. This was a fun conversation. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Great stuff from Mike Sando. Very sharp mind. You could tell this guy is really into the numbers. Um, I like his stuff. I like the cut of his jib, as they say in the streets. All right, let's get to the best bet here. NFL Divisional Playoffs Weekend. Let's update the best bet. Currently sitting at 66 wins. Ugh, 63 losses. Five ties. Barely over 500. We went through a rut there. Week 16 and 17 were not kind to your boy. Did not go well. Um, I'll blame 
New Year's and Christmas? Can I do that? Okay. Um, three picks this weekend. The first game I bet right out of the gate, a uh, significant play on Sunday night was Ravens plus three. I woke up Monday morning. It was Ravens plus two and a half. Um, if you listen to the podcast daily, you know that this is the way I've been headed all week. I like the Ravens. Now, I'm only taking three. Um, I would rather take three in the juice than two and a half. Um, a, a lot of stuff line up here for the Ravens, and we've talked about it at length. I will say what concerns me, if you listen closely to Sando, that Buffalo Bills offense, it's going to be a problem for the Ravens, um, especially if the Ravens decide, hey, we excel at man-to-man defense in the secondary and blitzing. We have blitzed more than any other team in the league, and we trust our cornerbacks. Well, I hate to say, I hate to break it to you, Wink Martindale, but Josh Allen is amazing this year under pressure. You cannot blitz him because his receivers, Speedy John Brown, Steph Diggs, Cole Beasley, get opened at a ridiculous rate and often beat up on their cornerbacks. So then it becomes, well, who do you trust? Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, or the Bills receivers and Josh Allen's accuracy. I would like to see Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, mix it up and play a little, hey, we're just going to rush four, play man, um, and and lock up everything. Go ahead, run the football on us. We don't trust Devin Singletary. Um, I do think there is some hero ball that, you know, you heard Sando talk about it with Josh Allen. And ultimately, give me Lamar Jackson on the road. By the way, Jim Harbaugh, fun stat, Jim Harbaugh has more road playoff wins than any coach in NFL history. Um, he's, a, he's a good coach. I know he ran into some hard luck the last two years with Lamar. Uh, I thought he had a great game plan last week. You know, Tennessee defense is is pathetic, and, uh, you know, Buffalo is significantly better, but I took the Ravens plus three. Again, you're going to pay juice. It's going to be like, you know, if the juice is minus, uh, what was it, My, uh, plus three, minus 123, it's like a 1000 bucks, and you win like 820 or something. So it's it's not great on the juice, but again, three is the most key number in the NFL, and you definitely want three instead of two and a half. Uh, my next bet uh, looks like it still is at three. Uh, give me the New Orleans Saints. I think the most public side come kickoff Sunday evening is going to be um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because who doesn't want to bet? Tom Brady is an underdog. How tough is it to beat a team three times in a year? Like, all these narratives are at play. Saints did not look good last week. Um, it's just not a good matchup for the Bucks. And there was an injury that uh, I haven't seen many people talk about. Alex Kappa, um, one of their interior guards. They had great offensive line pay this year, a lot of continuity in front of Brady. Alex Kappa, I saw fractured ankle. He's out. His replacement, and they have two options. They could either put a tackle at guard or the backup guard who's played basically one game all season. Against that Saints front and in the middle, um, they're pretty good. David Anyamada, I hope I'm saying that right. He's a beast, and Rankins is very good. I think they get pressure up the middle on Brady. And we know Lattimore versus Mike Evans. Big edge to Lattimore, by the way, uh, going off topic here. For I, I don't know what I was doing, but I went to YouTube and all of a sudden I saw that there was a video, Marshawn Lattimore, how I spent my first million dollars. And I show my kids, it's a crazy video. You got to look this up. 
I mean, he spent $60,000 on chains after he signed his rookie deal, like necklace chains. <laughs> I mean, my kids were like, what, what is he doing that for? Uh, it's a crazy video. Anyway, Marshawn Lattimore has dominated Mike Evans head-to-head. Evans not even 100%. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I got, I got to take the Saints. I, favor by three. Now, I do not like it at three and a half. I do not advocate that. I don't think we'll see a two and a half. Um, I think the exposure to the books will be on the Saints. Uh, will be because everybody's betting Tampa. I think um, they'll need the Saints and... I'm going to take, you know, New Orleans here, favor by three. And finally, um, this one is a little more difficult to stomach. Um, but just so I can get a little action on all the games, um, I'm going to do a teaser. And uh, a teaser hit last week. And let's go back to the well. A six-point teaser. I'm taking the Packers down from six and a half to half a point. So the Packers just have to win the football game. And I'm actually not going to... Um, and this sounds insanely stupid. I'm not going to tease the side on Browns Chiefs. I'm going to take 57 and take it down to 51. I think this is a dead nut over. Uh, it's been one-way money on the over all week. It's gone, I think it was 55 up to 57. It's probably going to go higher. The Browns defense is atrocious. Ultimately, when the Chiefs wake up, you know, probably in the second quarter or the second half, they will ultimately take it to uh, the Browns. I, I mean, I have a nibble on the Browns plus 10, but I'm not going to give that out here. <laughs> um, just letting you guys know I did bet that small, you know, not a significant play. Um, and I don't have a ton of confidence in it. It's just simply betting a number. Uh, you give me 10 points on the road uh, against a team that hasn't won a game by 10 points in three months, uh, hasn't covered the spread in, I think, two months. Um, and, and they rested their starters in week 17 and then had a bye. They're going to be sleepy in this one. And the Browns will have an opportunity. Um, so the final bet will be a teaser. Packers minus half and over 51. So there are your three best bets for Divisional Playoff Weekend. Everybody enjoy it. We're back with you on Monday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common 
You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.